You're listening to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show where you can learn the most intricate details about the body, the mind, and how lifestyle choices link the two to create individual health for every shape and size. I'm fitness and nutrition expert Maddie Moon, here to enlighten you on how to live your life in a way that promotes satiation, thrivation, and self-appreciation. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Madeline Moon here with another episode of the Mind Body Musing Show. I'm talking about the five practices for cultivating body respect today. This topic is really dear to my heart, and I'm really excited to share it with you guys. And it's going to be obviously a solo podcast. So um, when I did those surveys for you guys, and y'all answered what you really wanted to hear more of, a lot of you said you'd like to hear some more solo podcasts about how I changed my mindset towards my body and I cultivated better body respect and got out of my dysmorphic mindset. So here's step number one, talking about the first five practices I adopted for cultivating that body respect. First things first though, I want to mention something really exciting. Um, Last week I was actually um, in mindbodygreen.com. You know, if, if you don't know what mindbodygreen.com is, it's a really great, great source for all things health and wellness, including body image, greens, vegetables, um, yoga, just overall wellness, fitness, workouts, all that stuff. Some of it can be kind of contradicting because it is a lot of um, it's mostly all individuals writing the pieces, so everyone has their own point of view on things, but at the same time, it's really great, and and all of the content is beneficial to you. Sometimes you have to be careful with nutrition stuff, because one person might say, here are the reasons why low carb's good, and the other person might say, here are the reasons why vegan high carb is good, low fat, you know, so that kind of stuff... I don't read too much of it, but I actually wrote an article for them that was called I Had the Perfect Body and Still Wasn't Happy, and I'm really excited about it. To be in Mind Body Green was a huge deal for me. I've wanted to be, well, I've wanted to write for them for forever, for years, and I was very fortunate to be inside of Mind Body Green, and I'm really excited, and if you haven't read the article, I will have it in the show notes for this episode at mindbodymusings.com. If you go to episode 25 to Maddie's Musings, Five Practices for Cultivating Body Respect, you will see this um, the link to this article. And I really hope you check it out because what I talk about in the article is how I wanted this perfect body. I wanted this perfect image. I wanted to have um, a sex appeal and be beautiful and blah, 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 blah. And um in the process of chasing after this perfect body, which so many of us do, you might do it right now, you might have done it in your past, we've all been there at some point because the media is so manipulative and so um, consuming, and in that process of me trying to chase after this perfect body, I lost it all. I lost, literally, I lost a lot of things, including physical aspects like my, like, female monthly cycle to relationships and to mental health and to the the ability to digest foods correctly and I, I lost so many things when I thought I would finally gain the gain the world you know in your mind you, you even if you don't realize that you might be thinking that once I have this I will fully 
be happy. I mean, that sounds kind of cheesy, like, oh, I don't think that way. I don't think that, you know, if I have this body, I'll really be happy. But maybe deep down, you might kind of think that without even realizing it. I know I did. And I didn't even realize that. I didn't think I'd be one of those girls that said, if I have this, then I'll be happy. But I totally was. And I can only see that now that I've st- taken a step back and reevaluated and changed things. So if you if you want to check that out, you can go over to the, the show notes and click on that link and you can read why the perfect body doesn't always mean the perfect life. So today's topic, the five practices for cultivating body respect. Um, these are only a few of the practices that I have created for myself and um, there, there are quite a few more, honestly. There are a few more things that I've done along the way, but these are some of the main ones. I just picked out a handful to give to you today, and this is going to be a slightly shorter episode because it is just me on here and um, a little harder for me to keep the conversation going with myself, but at the same time, I'm really passionate about this subject, so we'll see how long it goes, and I would love your thoughts on it. If you like the show, please let me know. Share it with someone. Um, the, the biggest most awesome way to tell me that you like it would be to um, write a review on iTunes. As I've already talked about a few times, you know, that's like the currency of iTunes is reviews. So do that if you like it. If not, no worries. Just wait to the next episode. Hopefully you like that one. (laughs) Okay, so practice number one. This is very, very important and something that I'm still working on today, and I think I'll always work on it. But that would be respect and honor other women's bodies and other men's bodies other people's bodies you need to stop seeing other people as ugly and fat and uh, chubby and you know seeing them once thin and then fat and then changing your mindset uh, on towards them because of this transformation calling them lazy just in your mind because you see that they have made a physical transformation or i mean it's awesome to see people as beautiful and it is awesome to see, i mean so if you see people as beautiful why can't you see people as you know ugly why is that because labels are objectifying in all ways it is a compliment to call somebody beautiful yes but things come along with i mean when you say someone's beautiful that usually doesn't have a whole bunch of underlying things. When you call someone fat, usually it does. And that's the biggest difference. And that is why calling people fat or calling people chubby or saying that they've gained weight for X, Y, and Z is not okay. Because it means a whole bunch of other things. Usually when you call someone fat, you're calling them gluttonous or you're calling them lazy or you're sometimes you're calling them like, I don't even, I, it's, the list could go on and on and on. But more than just calling people things, it's seeing them that way. If you're associating the way you see people with how you feel towards them, or you, you lose respect for them because of their body type, then how are you ever going to learn how to love and respect your own body? Subconsciously, whenever you call someone, uh, let's say they have a soft body, I mean, this this is actually kind of a story. I've once upon I've been told... Um, once upon I've been told, sorry, that I had, um, someone had asked me when they saw me at the gym if that was my soft body after hearing that they, that I was a competitor. So they saw my body and the way it was and they said, oh, this must be your soft body right now. Those are the kind of comments that people around, even, not even me necessarily, I mean, yes, it kind of made me giggle, but people around will hear that and look at my body and be like, oh, that's a soft body. Well, what is, what would my body be? Or they might say, well, what does a hard body look like? And calling bodies soft and hard 
makes you associate one with off-season and on-season, one with prime time and one with relaxed, one for, um, you know, being less strict and giving up a little bit maybe even, and one with being dedicated. So if one body means dedication and the other body means lack of dedication, what is that going to do to your brain? How are you going to start seeing bodies that are soft or less than? How are you going to start seeing your body when you gain a little bit of body fat? Are you going to say, oh man, this is my soft body, so this th- therefore that means that this is my less superior body or my less de- dedication body? That's where it all comes into play and becomes a problem. So number one is respecting other people's bodies. How do you do that? First of all, you just stop your own thinking in its tracks when you start to think about someone gaining weight or how they're bigger or how they're this or that. And you compliment them. You look for the good in people. You look for how... uh, beautiful they are on the inside and out because a lot of people have very surprising qualities and are amazing and you just can't necessarily see it when you're so consumed with how they look on the outside and I know this point is a little bit cheesy and it might just sound easier than it is because I know it's not easy just to train your your thoughts and just to immediately see people differently but try to look for the beauty in everything like you look for the beauty in life so why not look for the beauty in people always and stop giving up the labels number two Ooh, dress the body you have now. This is a huge one. Society is always telling us to hang this little swimsuit on our door for inspiration. This tiny swimsuit so that you're more motivated to get into, what is it, swimsuit season body or your swimsuit body or whatever. So it's training you to think that you need to have this kind of inspiration with quotes in the air this is not inspiration at all it's telling you that something needs to change now before it's then something needs to change because you can't fit into this body that you just i mean the swimsuit that you just purchased you bought a swimsuit that doesn't fit your body it's the, should be the other way around you always need to put the clothes on your body not your body in the clothes never ever fall into the thinking that your body needs to change for a certain season. Do you know why they have these stupid motivational things every single season? It's because it puts you in a cycle. It makes you think that whenever it comes to um, uh, summer, you need to slim down, you need to lose weight, and then, you know, of course, you spend a whole bunch of money doing these kind of things. You buy a whole bunch of diet products and diet pills and um, get super crazy and stressed out because that's what they're telling us to do. And then when it's like Thanksgiving and it's Christmas, they're like, ah, put the weight back on again. It's okay. Just eat everything, you know, enjoy yourself. And then once that season rolled back around, they push and push and push and push and push. So it's constantly making you yo-yo diet going up and down and up and down and up and down. And that's how we get sick and we get diabetes and we get, um, deficiencies and our hair falls out because we're freaking stressed for for one and because we're buying into all these things like we're financially this is why dieting is a million dollar industry or billion dollar industry excuse me um they know how this cycle works they know how yo-yo dieting works because nothing is ever um you're never going to be on the steady path of health you're always going to be up and down they know that because they've got you caught in it one of those things is dressing for a different body than the one you have so if you have clothes right now in your closet that you're hanging on a hanger because you know one day you'll fit into it and you're hoping to fit into it 
either one, throw them out, go buy some yoga pants that fit your booty, you know, stop having these stupid Lululemon pants that are way too small in your closet, because you used to be able to fit into them when you were dieting super crazy and miserable, but you can't remember that anymore, all you remember are the good times when you could fit into those pants, because, you know, in reality, that's not true, you weren't happy in those teeny tiny pants, so throw them out, or give them to someone, like, just give them to a friend, give them to a daughter, or whatever, or you can just put them in a nice little box. I don't think that's the best thing because they're still around. You still know that box exists and it could be in your closet. I'd say just go throw it away. You need to feel comfortable. You need to feel confident. And no matter what you look like, the things that you wear need to compliment you. Don't feel bad about it being a different size than what you wish. Who cares? Your body's amazing and it's allowing you to do things you never thought you could do, like live and walk and eat and talk and maybe do CrossFit or do yoga or run. Like your your body is giving you all of these beautiful things and it's time you give it something back, like comfortable clothes. If you're feeling super miserable in the clothes you're wearing because you're trying to squeeze into something or you're sad because you're wearing this size but you won't be wearing this size, get rid of it. Number three, which I'm sure you've heard many times, but that would be throw away the scale. Oh my goodness. I'm talking about your bathroom scale and your food scale for a while at least. When your food isn't the biggest thing that I want you to change because it's not the, it's not the worst obviously, but it could definitely help you a lot to just start being more intuitive with your hunger levels. But let's talk about the bathroom scale. This thing does not tell you how much muscle you have or how much fat you have, how much heart you have, how much love you have, anything like that. The scale literally just tells you an amount of gravity pull, okay? And I'm not very sciencey, so I could use some more scientific terminology, but just bear with me. The scale is... Probably the worst way Americans um, spend their mornings because a lot of people have this ritual every single day where they weigh themselves. I can't even fathom that now that I've gotten rid of mine. I have not had a scale for about two years. Even when I was doing my competitions, I didn't want to have a scale. I just want to use the I used the gyms one when I had to, but I didn't use it otherwise. And why? Why didn't I want to weigh myself? Because of two reasons. First of all, when the number was good. If the number was good and it had gone down, it trained me to be happy. And, you know, having the happiness reaction after it was down meant that I had to counterbalance it with a negative reaction when the number went up. So even when I was happy, that's a bad thing. You should not, your happiness should not be dependent on losing weight at all. Because first of all, water that's a good reason. Water. Water. If you drink a lot of water one day, then you might weigh a little bit more the next day. If you don't drink very much water one day, you might weigh a little less the next day. If you eat a nice big Thanksgiving meal, you're probably going to weigh a few more pounds the next day. If you eat very light, you're going to weigh a little bit lighter. But that's not substantial weight. That's that's weight that's flaky and shaking. And when you're constantly happy, sad, happy, sad, happy, sad, based on those two different, those two pounds that are constantly going up and down and up and down and up and down based on different um, factors such as sleep, diet, exercise, all those things. You're constantly going back and forth between happiness, sadness, happiness, sadness. I'm not even kidding. Like this is real. And if this is you, know that you are definitely not alone because hundreds of women are probably listening to this and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do that or my mom does that or my daughter does that. If your daughter does that, it's a hard, hard, hard habit to 
break. And you are probably the only person that can really help her break that. Because the media will never say, get rid of that scale. Because they're trying, like I said in my other point, they're trying to get you ready for this yo-yo dieting uh, cycle. I mean, all women are going through this or have gone through this or will go through this. And if you haven't, then, oh, Lord bless you. I wish I could learn from you. And I wish I could go back in time and take away all these things. But at the same time, I'm also glad that I have experienced it so that I can share with you how evil the scale lives. And I'm not saying like, oh, be fearful of the scale or anything like that. The scale is good for some things. Like if you are uh, morbidly obese or if you have a lot of weight to lose, I'm not necessarily talking to you because I think the scale can be a great way to measure progress of becoming more healthier or just, you know, getting up and moving and seeing results. That can be really motivating. But you don't want to use that scale as your source of happiness. Like if you didn't lose the five pounds you were hoping to lose this week, don't let it ruin your day. Life is long and you're on your way, you're well on your way and you're losing that way, but maybe at a different pace because everyone's journey is different. So there's, you know, if, if you have this scale in your bathroom, please throw it out. Please throw it out. If you have a lot of weight to lose and it's kind of, um, your weight and your uh, life expectancy are kind of intertwined right now and you really need to lose weight to get legitimately healthier, then that's fine. But you need to be very realistic with it. And you need to know that you are making progress every single day as long as you're filling your body with nutrient-dense foods and you're moving your body. That's great. The, The scale can be very stupid and flaky sometimes. Okay, so throw that baby out. And the next one, number four... Oh, man, forget the food rules. Forget the food rules for a while. If you see food as only a source of fuel and that's making you miserable, like I know those hashtags, food is fuel, or those Pinterest pictures that are saying, you know, food is not love, food is not joy, food is just fuel, or I don't eat for pleasure. Why are you bragging about that? That's not fun. And I bragged about that. I thought I was superior and I was self-righteous and I was above everybody else because I did not see food as enjoyment. You know, I was dating somebody once and he always asked me, do you like tacos? Do you like falafels? Do you like Chinese food? And every time he asked me that, because I was on a very strict diet, you see, and I did not want anyone to be thinking that I was one of those people who ate different types of foods and ate out because what? I don't do that. That was my attitude. So every time he asked me, do you like this? Do you like that? I'd be like, no, stop asking me. I don't eat that stuff. I don't eat that stuff. I never really said I don't like it, but I always said I don't eat that. How hard do you think it was to date me? Like you can't even talk about food at all. Bless his heart because he tried to stick it out and I was probably the crankiest person ever. Food is so much fun to talk about and I would just shut him down every single time. That's all besides the point. I just like to fill you in on my life. But let's go back. <laughs> Forget the food rules. If you are seeing food as um, carbohydrates equal evil or equal um, a, a cortisol sh- spike or an insulin spike or this kind of spike and, and then you, you think, okay, the optimum time to have fat would probably be first thing in the morning and I can't have any carbohydrates mixed with it because it won't have the fat burning effects and I can't have too much protein because the protein will cause an insulin spike and uh, if I do CrossFit today then my cortisol will spike and you know I can't do that so I need to have only uh, butter in my coffee and some coconut oil around noon and then I can work out for a little bit but no more than 45 minutes and then after that I can have the perfect balance of 
four ounces of sweet potato and a little bit of this um, protein powder, but it has to be whey, grass-fed, can't be um, plant-based because that has too many carbohydrates, and then I need to go to bed exactly at this time after I have my nighttime supplements, blah, blah, blah. If that's you and you're thinking about that stuff every single day over and over again and you don't like it, that's the key thing. If you're liking that, more power to you. That's awesome. I'm glad you found the thing that you love to do. Like, honestly, that's awesome. But if that's you and you don't like it, there are things you can do. You can start eating carbs. You can start eating fat. You can start eating more protein than you're used to. You can start breaking all the laws and all the rules. Isn't that crazy? You have all the power in the world to put food in your body. And then when people next to you are on their low-carb kick and they say to you, hey, you know what that's doing in your body? Instead of feeling that pang of guilt and that losing that self-righteousness you're feeling like you were once one of those people who shunned carbs, you were part of the club and now you're not, say, screw that. You know, sometimes you have to just block out the voices, the talking heads, the nonsense If you're doing something you love, please remember I'm saying that's one thing and I'm not judging at all. But if you hate it and you're doing all these food rules and you're bouncing from one thing to the other and you're trying to find what works for you and you're first paleo and then you're Atkins and then you're vegan and then you're vegetarian, you can't find it. Well, maybe that's because your diet is not out there. If you keep trying all these diets, maybe it's because you haven't yet found the X, Y, and Z diet, the Kelly diet, or the Michael diet, because everyone has their own diet. There are billions of people in this world, so therefore there honestly should be billions of different diets and different ways to eat. So if this is you, and you feel guilty when you have certain foods, and you want to run away from enjoying food and from being intuitive because you don't know what's going to happen, listen to me. Nothing will happen. If you're trying to be more intuitive with food, but you're scared because you don't know if you're going to be able to stop eating, or you're scared of what's going to happen when you finally eat those carbs, there are a few things that might happen. You know, you might feel super bloated after having a food you haven't had in forever, like beans. Doesn't mean you're allergic, it means your body hasn't had it in forever. So if you try to go eat something after you listen to this podcast and you don't feel very amazing, well, Probably it's because you haven't had it in forever and your body needs to adjust. So don't write it off immediately. And if you overeat one day and you're like, okay, well, Madeline said I need to be intuitive with my food and I need to start eating different things. So you get a plate of um, mashed potatoes and meatloaf and you all you've been eating for the past two years is chicken and broccoli. Well, if you overeat it because it's so freaking amazing, give yourself a break. Forget the food rules. Say that it's okay. This is not going to be forever. Your body needs to go through a period of eating what it wants, when it wants, how much it wants. Intuitive eating, eating is amazing, but it also kind of tells you that there's only one way to do it. You have to start and stop at a certain time. You cannot eat past fullness. Well, you know, your body, if it's been starved for a while, it's going to want to eat a little bit past it. And if you do eat a little bit past your your perfect fullness level, say it's okay. It's all right. Your body's going to learn how to digest it, to suck the nutrients out of it, to um, 
move on to to use it to utilize it through activity and then the next day or the next meal that later that night whenever you're going to eat again you are going to eat again and after time i can say from personal experience because i had to go through a period where i was just super nervous about eating things not on my meal plan and after time your body starts to realize there will be food later so it won't want to overeat maybe at first maybe you might want to overeat a little bit but after that, your body starts to realize that, yes, food will come again. And I, it doesn't have to eat everything in sight because it's scared it won't see food again. It's scared you're going to diet again and you're going to starve it again. So forget the food rules. Eat foods that you haven't eaten in a while when there's no reason to not eat them. Like, you know, think, you know, you might say, oh, you know, I can't eat this because my holistic doctor said this is what happens and I'm super scared. Well, you know, maybe they don't know your body that well. If you're really allergic to something and you have like celiac disease, okay, that's one thing. I'm not talking to you. You should probably not eat any gluten. Be careful. But if you're someone who really does not have any uh, real sensitivities or allergies, then give it a shot. Forget the food rules. Okay, last one. Say yes more. Oh, this one's pretty important. When you get into the habit of saying no to everything out of fear, or no, I can't go to that party because I don't know what food's going to be at be at the t- on the table. No, I can't go to that concert because I can't miss meal number three. No, I don't want to have Thanksgiving dinner with my family because I'm really scared of having to eat in front of them, blah, blah, blah. Start saying yes more to other things, and soon it will trans- transition over to your fear of food. Start getting out of your comfort zone. Enjoy more life and company with friends and family and strangers and people you haven't seen in forever. Start going to concerts. Start going on boat rides and start missing your meal number three. You know, if you're one of those six meal a day people, start missing one of your meals and see what happens because probably you're going to have a blast doing whatever it is that you you miss that meal for. Start living life. Start saying yes. Life goes by so so terribly fast. I'm only 23 and I can already tell you, I know life goes by fast. I've watched my parents, you know, grow old together, not old, (laughs) but grow up together. I've watched my grandparents grow old together and I can see they've lived so much life and they've enjoyed every second and they don't have these type of food fears and and it's amazing how much they get done because they're not worried about food. They know it's going to come. They know they're going to eat. They know it's fine. When they're hungry, they'll eat something and then at that time, they can make the, the choice of do I want chicken and broccoli? Do I want eggs and bacon? Or do I want a big bowl of rice and sushi? You know, they can decide at that moment. They don't have to pre-plan everything because in the moment they're living and they're having fun and they have a relationship with each other and they're enjoying it and it's going by together and they're having a blast and that's the kind of person I want to be and that's the kind of person I want you to be. Stop fearing food and stop wasting time thinking about food and start saying yes more. Get out there, do things that you've been scared to do or do things that you just couldn't do because of timing and fears and all those things and it starts today. Today, do something that you would normally say no to. Go out for a few drinks. They won't hurt you. And I'm not saying you can only go out, you know, once a month and enjoy yourself. Go out every day and enjoy yourself because there are people out there. I know, okay, if you're a paleo person and you're thinking like, oh, you know, paleo people don't drink alcohol. They don't have drinks. I know quite a few very, very well-known paleo people who drink alcohol all the time and i'm not saying that's healthy either but i am saying that it's not i mean they do it they might not tell you they do it but they do it they have drinks with their friends 
they might have this, you know, persona where I only eat things that a caveman would eat and I don't drink out of shot glasses and blah, blah, blah. But probably they do and they're living life and they're having fun. When you think that they're not doing all those things, they are doing them. So maybe you should give them a shot too. And I'm not trying to be a bad influence. I'm just trying to say have some fun. Hang out with your friends, have a good time, enjoy your spouse, enjoy dating, enjoy being single, enjoy whatever you're doing, enjoy it, and live life to the fullest. Wow, such a cheesy episode, right? But (laughs) hopefully all of these things will come together, you wrote them down, you can keep them kind of in your mind this week, this month, and let me know, let me know if any of these things really stuck out to you, or if it's something that you think that you want me to elaborate a little bit more on and I would be more than happy to because these practices have helped me cultivate body respect, body love, unconditional body love and I hope they really help you too. And I think that's all of the announcements and all of the stuff that I have to say today. I hope you have a wonderful blessed day and I'll catch you next week. Bye loves. Thanks again for listening, friends. I'm Maddie Moon, and you have been enjoying the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please be sure to rate and review it in the iTunes store as well as subscribe. Also, please remember I'm glad to continue the conversation on my website, mindbodymusings.com, where you can also sign up for my free ebook, How to Love Your Body Again 10 Easy Steps to Stop Sacrificing and Start Living. I created this book to help everyone that struggles with body image, dieting, overtraining, and negative self esteem to learn how to not only accept who you are, but love who you are. This is coming from an ex fitness model and bikini competitor, so trust me, I know what it's like to have those struggles and to want to be rid of them. So please, if any of that sounds good, head on over to moonfitness.net and sign up. Thanks for listening.